morning, everyone, and welcome to this special live radio show with Dr. Doug Thompson. I'm Siobhan Cronin, here filling in for your usual host, Anne-Marie Cronin. With over 25 years' experience in state-of-the-art oral health, Dr. Thompson will be talking to us about the serious connection between gum disease and most of the major diseases of our time. Dr. Thompson will tell us about where his research has led him with respect to avoiding these silent killers. He is joining us in this rare opportunity to call in and speak with the doctor directly. You won't want to miss what Dr. Thompson has to say. And if you have a question for the doctor, we invite you to call 800-859-0957. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome to this special live radio show where you can call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly. I'm your host, Siobhan Cronin, filling in for Anne-Marie Cronin this afternoon, and we are here talking with Dr. Doug Thompson, integrative oral health dentist from Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. He's here with us discussing his state-of-the-art clinic, the latest diagnostic systems in oral health care, and the importance of the connection between the mouth and many systemic diseases. If you have a question for the doctor on the matters we're discussing, please call us at 800-859-0957. Dr. Thompson, thank you so much. We're excited to do the live show again. And uh, welcome to the Sunday listeners. I know you normally are doing your show on Wednesday, but we're glad to be here on Sunday afternoon. Uh, maybe we can jump in and just introduce some of the things that you're doing in your practice, um, some of the progressive uh, testing and treatments that you do on a regular basis. Yeah, thanks so much, Siobhan. It's nice to be here on a Sunday afternoon, and I do. Um, we will augment this uh, discussion a little bit by uh, sharing with our Sunday afternoon listening audience um, some of the concepts of the practice. One of the things that's unique about our, maybe our dental practice is different than normal practices is we're not trying to find procedures to do um, that are to just generate income. So what we have is a very unique intake process where we provide basically a risk assessment for patients. And that risk assessment is very organized in six or seven key areas of your oral health. And each one of those areas that we evaluate, and just give you an idea, um, gum disease would be one of those big areas that we would evaluate. We really believe in a thorough gum and bone exam because, you know, right now, the bugs and the, as people have already heard uh, before, if you've listened to the show, is that the bugs live on and around the teeth, the bacteria, yeast, and viruses. Um, they're now linked to 57 different diseases. So that right there is a big mouthful because there's just from gum disease alone, if we see somebody that has that, uh, I start to get really curious about other things. Just Can we mention before you go on with yeah. some of the diseases that you're talking about? Like what, what sorts of diseases yeah, are we considering sure. here? We're up to 57 different diseases. The biggest uh, probably two are, uh, are uh, heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, many types of cancers, colorectal cancer, um, lung cancer, breast cancer, different kind of uh, leukemia, neoplasms, different, you know, 57 different diseases, osteoporosis, rheumatic arthritis. Um, these are just a few of some of these and some of the statistics are very compelling. You know, if you're a man under 50, a man under 50 and you have gum disease, you have a 72% chance of having cardiovascular disease. So if, wow. I, so if I see somebody and their health history says they're only 50 
and they already have an existing gum disease, I know they have a 75% chance or a three-quarters of a percent chance that um, they probably have cardiovascular disease. So what I would want to do is I would want to get them to somebody who could screen them properly and who could diagnose that disease for them when it's subclinical. And Siobhan, just take that concept. Subclinical disease means they didn't have faintness of breath, they didn't have short, they didn't have a, a, a dizzy spell, they didn't faint. You know, there's mm -hmm. been no prior symptoms. So many, 64% of women and over 50% of men that die suddenly from a heart attack have no prior symptoms, they have no clue. Yeah. So, well, and also with gum disease, too, as we've talked about before, a lot of those don't present symptoms like pain. So, you know, you're correct. kind of getting a double whammy with not knowing what's going on in both areas. And they're obviously linked very highly. Correct. So in our screening process, if we had somebody with gum disease, we would want to provide them more hygiene services. We wanted to provide them more in that area. It, however, if they come in and they don't have that and they look perfectly healthy and perfectly stable, then we celebrate a little bit because uh, we know they have, uh, you know, they have a situation in their mouth that is not contributing negatively to their health, and we love that for them. Uh, and then we move on and we evaluate in in, in other areas. Um, but that just gives you a little smattering of uh, of some of the ideas around gum disease. Yeah. One, so let me ask you for the uh, not yeah. to interrupt you, but for the no, listening audience, to. what? Yeah, what is the connection between gum disease and some of these really serious diseases that you mentioned? How I mean, can you maybe give us a quick overview of how that works? What is the link between the two? Yeah, when you have these bugs that don't belong in your mouth in certain numbers that express themselves in gum disease, what we get is we get a we get a bacterial imbalance in our mouth. And when you have a bacterial imbalance in your mouth, you have way more of the bad guys than the good guys, and the bad guys have certain things in their component uh they're basically uh, certain things in their in their in this little bug cell walls that mm -hmm. stimulate certain either genes in your body or it creates inflammation in the body or and it increases um, vascular damage. It basically damages the blood vessels uh, of the body in very sophisticated scientific ways. And so we know if you have this imbalance, we want to eliminate or reduce the exposure to these bugs because we know they're changing certain parameters of your blood vessel. And you know, when you have dementia, that's a brain problem. When you have um, even uh, a lot of these are vessel problems. If you have a heart attack or a stroke, that's a, that's a micro vessel or a macro vessel problem, meaning a vessel's blocked and, the, and these bacteria contribute in a negative way to that. And for men, a lot of men that are even suffering from something like erectile dysfunction. I mean, that's a microvascular disease. And so it's very unique. Wow. There's very early warning signs. And we can pick these things up off health histories. If we have a nice intake exam, we can pick these things up off health histories. And then, Siobhan, let's just say we are concerned. We have some very simple tests that when we come back after the break, I'd love to talk about some of the simple tests that we could do to help identify these problems. Yes, absolutely, great information. So for now, we're gonna have to take a quick break, but in the meantime, you are listening to the Dr. Thompson Radio Show. The doctor is here talking about the seriousness of undetected oral pathogens, which can be the root cause of many catastrophic diseases. If you have a question, you can call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Don't miss this opportunity to call the doctor directly. 
You're listening to the Dr. Thompson Radio Show on 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Dr. Doug Thompson Live Medical Radio Show here on WJR. I'm your host, Siobhan Cronin, filling in for Anne-Marie Cronin this afternoon, and we are here talking with Dr. Doug Thompson, general dentist and oral health specialist in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. He's with us discussing the latest diagnostic methods he uses to diagnose many systemic diseases, from cardiac disease to the prevention of Alzheimer's. If you have a question for the doctor, please call us at 800-859-0957. Dr. Thompson, welcome back to a very informative show. In the, in the last segment, we were talking a lot about the connection between oral health and some of these systemic diseases uh, like Alzheimer's, um, cardiac disease, all sorts of really, really serious issues that people can encounter. And, um, you know, you mentioned over the break that a lot of what you're doing is assessing the risk and doing some diagnostic testing on all the patients that come in to sort of get a status of where they are, what's going on with their gums, and what's their risk for some of these diseases. So for some of the new listeners, maybe we can walk them through uh, some of these diagnostic things that you're doing, the risk assessment. What, what are new patients going through when they come to see you? Well, as we uh, mentioned in the first segment, one of the very uh, first things things that we're going to evaluate is gum disease and do a very thorough gum and bone evaluation. And we talked about why that's significant. The next thing we would look at is if they have any cavities. You know, having cavities is not normal. Uh, cavities is the cavities are the result of a more broad-based disease called caries. And especially for our children, these little kiddos that get cavities, you know, it's not normal for them to get cavities. And if they have that, it's typically not their fault, um, but it's because they have another bacterial imbalance. Now, gum disease is a particular type of bacteria, uh, yeast and viruses, while not cavities is a different group, uh, but it's a different mm -hmm. group that can cause the same thing. And for all of these, Siobhan, we have um, very uh, simple uh, saliva tests that we can use that are affordable. And uh, we have these tests that can, that can help us identify what's going on. So in the world of cavities, it's going to be really important because this is when we determine the use of other things in the practice like fluoride. We know there's many, many people that don't want to have fluoride or that are fluoride averse. We also know that some people really benefit from the topical application of certain kinds of medicines that can help harden the tooth and make it more resistant to cavities. So cavities is something that we want to that we want to screen for and we and again we do a risk assessment to assess someone's risk and if you're at high risk for cavities we're going to do several things to affect the bacteria we're going to do things to help harden the tooth we're going to do things to fix any holes or repair that you might need we're going to do several things in that in that area and we dedicated almost a whole show a couple shows ago i think it was on a wednesday or it might have even been on a sunday that we talked a lot about cavity prevention, and it's really, really important uh, in the in the uh, in the children. And we can talk more about that. But we do a risk assessment in that area. Yeah, absolutely. Well, two things. I, I think it would be nice to go through what the saliva test uh, encompasses, how how you do it, what it's what you're testing for, and then also to go on and talk more about the bacterial infections that have to do with cavities. Because I know, as we've discussed before, a lot of people think about cavities as you go in, you get a filling, and then you've solved the problem. But that's really not the case. There's something underlying that's going on, and you know it's a huge importance to understand that. So maybe we can elaborate on both those areas. Yeah, because filling the hole, the the hole in the tooth is a result of the infection. 
So what I would like to do is I would like to stamp out the infection so we don't get another hole in the tooth. That's the Mm -hmm. idea. So anybody that's had cavities in the last three years, it takes a while for those to develop usually. Um, That can be, uh, we would want to diagnose that. One of the things that can really uh, cause a lot of cavities too is people that are taking medications or multiple medications or anti-anxiety medications and we get dry mouth. So dry mouth is a really big contributor because the saliva... Uh, which is what we measure, by the way. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, the saliva is what is what is the healthy component that helps ward off the cavity-causing bacteria and even, to some extent, some of the gum disease uh, bacteria. So let's say we identify an imbalance. You come in, we do an, a simple risk assessment. We can see you're at risk for either gum disease or for cavities. Um, we basically take a sampling of the saliva. It's very easy. Um, you can give that to us simp- uh, very simply. Um, we can cut, collect a little bit of saliva. We send it to a testing company, and that testing company sends us back a report. Most of these tests, Siobhan, cost as little as uh, a little over $100. Um, some are uh, as 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 expensive as four hundred dollars but they but give still us, even at four hundred yeah, to get such a panel of, you, of we, information we, but go on, a, yes. we, we get a tremendous amount of information from that and what the saliva testing helps me do is to figure out how to treat you it also helps me figure out what other systemic issues you could be at risk for because some of these bacteria are uh, again related to vascular disease uh, they have a uh, what we call a bi-directional relationship with diabetes, meaning if you have diabetes, your sugar is going to be harder to control if you have these imbalanced bacteria. And if you have a bad sugar, then the bacteria are going to be harder to control. So this this is where these relationships go back and forth. And again, how, how many? I mean, there's 52 different disease entities. So these relationships go back and forth, you know, a lot for these people. So if you, and what we know is if you have gum disease or if you have cavities, the bacteria that cause or contribute to that disease, we know they travel around. And if you had a heart attack or a stroke and they took the blood clot out of your vessel where you had the heart attack or stroke, they'll find those bacteria in the blood clot almost 100% of the time. So wow, it's, that's 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 unbelievable. I mean, yeah, just to think about the the correlation between that and the, the the fact that it's something that you can so easily find with a saliva test, you know. So this sort of prevention is really really crucial. I, I had a you know it's a Sunday. I have a little spot up north, and I was coming down on I seventy five today. I got a phone call on WhatsApp from a guy from London, England, and he wanted wow. to know he wanted to know. Uh, how do these bacteria affect my overall health? Now, what's nice about the gentleman that called me is he's in his 30s. So if you mm-hmm. can pick up something in, in somebody in their 30s and they have, a high, they have a high level of a really bad-acting bacteria, we could suppress it with maybe even some oral rinses or some kind of uh, simple uh, medicine delivery system that's like a tray, like a bleaching tray. There's different mm-hmm. things we can do that are very easy However, if he goes on and gets into his 60s or gets way later in life, it's going to be much harder to control, but it's going to be as important because it could prematurely end his life or it could prematurely, 
you know, put him in the hospital with some other kinds of problems. So right. This is, well, this it, is this is important not to interrupt you again, but no, yeah. Good. So I think that the general understanding among people is that you know gum disease or periodontal issues are something that affects the older population. You don't think of 20, 30, 40 year olds, let's say, going to get their gums examined. You know, you go to the dentist, but some of these tests, I think, you know, people until you have like let's say bad breath or something that seems very wrong later in life, that's kind of when you assess it. And obviously, it's so important to take care of these things early, you know, even before you present any symptoms. For sure. So we have gum disease, we have cavities, we do an assessment in those areas. And uh, to close out this segment, we uh, also evaluate environmental damage to the teeth. And environmental damage to the teeth can come from toothpaste that are too abrasive. Some of these very uh, heavily whitening pastes are gritty. They have a lot of, they have mm-hmm. a lot of silica or things in them that cause uh, areas of the teeth to get they get notched so sometimes we get a little gum recession and if you have gum recession if you take your fingernail and you feel at the bottom right near the gum line if you have a notch in your tooth then what's happened is you've had a little bit of gum recession and you're using either a paste or an acid rinse uh, that is contributing to the removal of minerals from that tooth structure. And you get a notch, uh, Siobhan, and you'll get a mm-hmm. notch at the base of your tooth, and it'll sometimes make your teeth sensitive to hot and cold. Uh, it'll make your teeth sensitive to touch, and food will get stuck in there. And if you smile real big and you show your gum line, they can be really unsightly because they look like a different color than the rest of your tooth. So we evaluate yeah. all the teeth for environmental damage, and it and if you're at risk for environmental damage, we want to figure out why. Is it, do you have acid reflux? Could it be that you're using some acidic rinses like mouth rinses from the pharmacy? We could talk for a whole segment about rinses that are very, very acidic, that are either have alcohol or some other preservative in them that makes them very acid-like. And it's like swishing with Coca-Cola. So after this next yeah. break, we'll come back and we can uh, continue with the environmental damage and we can talk about bite disease and some other things that we look at. Absolutely. So much information to unpack. This is amazing. For now, we're going to have to take a brief break. But in the meantime, you are listening to the Dr. Doug Thompson radio show. We're talking about the importance of diagnosing and treating gum disease and how it can prevent some of the major diseases of our time. If you have a question, you can call the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Don't miss this opportunity to talk to the doctor directly. You're listening to the Dr. Thompson Radio Show on 760 WJR. Welcome back to this special edition of the Dr. Thompson Radio Show. I'm your host, Siobhan Cronin, filling in today for Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are talking with Dr. Doug Thompson, dentist and pioneer in prevention from Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. He's here tonight explaining the medical diagnostic model he incorporates in his clinic to screen for many of the catastrophic diseases from cardiac disease to Alzheimer's, that through early detection can be prevented. If you have a question for the doctor on the topics we're discussing, please call us at 800-859-0957. Dr. Thompson, thank you so much for such an informative show. We've spent the last few segments talking about some of the diagnostic testing that you are doing, some of the chronic diseases that that, um, oral health can contribute to. Um, There's some other, you know, risk assessments that you do in your practice that we haven't quite covered yet. Uh, You were talking about some bite assessments over the break uh, for our Facebook listeners. So maybe we can elaborate further on some of the other testing that you're doing um, to see what's going on in the mouth. Yeah, and... You know, uh, Siobhan, in your intro, we you used the word pioneer in prevention. Uh, 
And, you know, I appreciate that because the pioneer and prevention piece means if you're going to try to prevent something, you have to figure out who's at risk for even having that issue. And so what we've been outlining, what we've been talking about here is uh, is a broad-based risk assessment, um, but it's very detailed, it's very structured, and we already mentioned that we do this gum disease assessment, we do an assessment for cavities. Uh, we were closing that segment by talking about a risk assessment that we do for environmental damage to the teeth. But yes, yes. We, also, we also do a risk assessment for how the teeth fit together. Uh, we know some people wake up every morning with a headache. Uh, some people have chronic jaw pain issues. Some people have severe wear on the teeth where maybe when they were in high school, the teeth were nice and long and you could see them when you smiled in a photo, but now you can't even see the teeth. Uh, so if there's any kind of wear issues or any kind of ill-fitting or maybe the jaws don't line up property, properly, you can really, really damage the teeth. And so we know that the people would know this maybe as do you clench or grind your teeth um, or do you or do you have problem avoiding some foods? I have people come in and they, I would ask them, do you eat granola bars? They say, no, no, I hate granola bars. They say, well, why do you don't, not, don't, not like the flavor? No, they're hard for me to chew. So, I mean, they can't eat the granola bars because they're hard to chew. So these folks have a bite problem. They have something wrong with the way the jaws line up. And I can tell you, you know, if you go and buy a fruit pie from the store, uh, one of these little fruit pies that come in a little plastic wrapped container, there's typically nothing in there that looks like fruit. If you want to eat an apple, <laughs> you want to buy an apple pie, it needs to look like, you know, you want to be able to eat an apple. So what happens is these folks avoid eating healthy foods and they eat foods that are convenient, easy, soft, and most of those foods are unhealthier. Um, these people choke more if they have bite problems because they swallow food in bigger in bigger pieces and they also have digestive issues. So from a bite disease standpoint, we want to ask people about, can they eat healthy food? Do, are there foods that are difficult to chew? Do they have pain in their joint? Or do they wear any kind of bite appliance? We make a lot of night guards for people. We make a lot of sleep appliances for people. And these are, these. The, if somebody has a risk in the bite disease area, we want to figure out what's the problem and how could we do more to help them uh, get over that bite disease issue. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the meantime, we did have a caller that came through on the line. If we can jump to that, we have Connie from New Baltimore on the line who has a question. Connie, what's your question? Yes, uh, it's really an opinion, doctor. I'd like to know your opinion. I had heard a dentist from Windsor the other day on the radio, and he was saying how detrimental it was for children, especially, to wear a mask all day long. It takes away their oxygen, their mouth. They cannot really get rid of their bacteria and their you know, what do you call it, carbon dioxide, the mask is full of bacteria. There have, they, he's had a lot of cavities in children, and he said that's very detrimental to wear masks for anybody, and they don't do any good anyway. And I just wonder how you felt about that. Well, Connie, it's a nice question, and I know we've made a big deal about this for people who aren't used to wearing masks. But, you know, if you look at any surgeon, any person who spends all day long in the operating room, uh, they wear masks all day. I mean, they wear masks all day, sometimes five days a week. So I don't think wearing the mask, I think we, you get used to the air exchange and you get used to the different environment, just like pilots and people who, uh, people who spend time in different atmospheric conditions, they adjust to that. I think you can adjust to that, but, but there is some 
um, public awareness that people who aren't used to wearing masks that all of a sudden now have to wear masks can have some problems. Uh, they can have different types of things. So my opinion about that is I don't think the mask is causing the cavities, but I do think that the mask can make it uncomfortable for some people to wear certain things and, and exist. So I don't want to I don't want to avoid the question, but I don't think from a scientific standpoint, I have no literature that suggests a mask causes cavities or a mask uh, causes gum disease. Uh, but I do know the use of a mask can be terribly uncomfortable for people who aren't used to it, and it takes them some time to adjust. So I, I hope yeah. that answers your question, and you ask my opinion, that's my opinion. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that, that kind of brings us back to, we were talking about environmental factors before, and I know that over the break on Facebook, we were talking about some mouthwashes and things. Um, Dr. Thompson, do you have anything else to say about some of the other environmental or even structural issues that you're encountering with patients that might be contributing to poor uh, dental health or gum health or even overall health? Yeah, I think it's. I think it can really be surmises. There's two things that cause um, damage to the structure of the teeth. I mean, there's, there's bacterial infections that can, that can make holes in the teeth. We call those cavities. But then, Siobhan, really the only other thing that can damage the teeth uh, structurally is obviously when we go in and we grind on teeth, we, you know, we, we do controlled um, reduction of teeth for crowns and for fillings and that kind of thing. We got to take out the disease tooth structure. I mean, teeth are live structures, so we got to take out the disease tooth structure and we got to repair it. But uh, in, in addition to that, it's going to be typically acid issues coming from either rinses. The acid is either what we call extrinsic from outside source or it's from internal source uh, from the, the gut. Uh, that would be, um, that would be um, different. Like acid reflux. Yeah, acid, reflu acid reflux. And then, of course, eating disorders. Uh, if you have any kind of eating disorder, that's going to cause a lot of dissolution of the teeth. But sleep apnea, interestingly, sleep apnea, if you have that disease at night, it causes a negative pressure in the mouth. It pulls stomach contents up from the mouth. And this is why people in the morning will wake up with a chronic cough or they'll have the constant throat clearing. Or, because what happens is I thought that acid was like liquid, like uh, like a bottle of water, but it's not, it's like honey. And when you pull it up into your throat area, it sticks to the sides of your throat and it irritates the lining of the throat. And so you have this chronic, <clears throat> this chronic cough all day long, um, that throat clearing that people have. And if you have that, um, that could be a sign that you have sleep apnea. And if that acid bathes the teeth, it can cause a lot of environmental damage for the teeth. So that's part of our assessment as well. Yeah, speaking of uh, some digestive health, does uh, on the flip side, does oral health or any of the bacteria that you find in the mouth, let's say, contribute to some of those issues like acid reflux or digestive issues? Does it go the opposite direction as well? Yes, there's no question. Uh, and what we've learned recently in dentistry, in the more recent years, a lot of dentists would not be aware of, is that yeast, oral yeast, is a component to some of these diseases, both cavities and gum disease. Well, we all know that a lot of people, or we know that a lot of people have yeast problems in their gut. So if they have yeast problems in their gut, they're usually working with physicians that can help them, you know, mitigate that. But yes, it's all connected. So if you have problems in the mouth and if you have yeast problems in the mouth, there's a good chance you have problems in the nose. That's why one of the questions we ask is about chronic sinusitis. If you have chronic sinusitis, you know, 90% of those people have a, have a yeast problem in the nose. And then, uh, of course, that yeast problem can go down into the gut. And so if you have sensitivities to foods, uh, sensitivities to smell, 
Um, if you don't, you know, eliminate properly, if your bathroom experience is not, you know, is, is, is struggling, uh, chronic diarrhea, irritable bowel, um, Crohn's disease, these can all be related to and be part of uh, an oral and a gut imbalance in a bacteria, yeast, or viruses. Yeah, and is yeast something that you are testing for in the saliva sample as yes. well, in addition to bacterial issues? Yes, okay. well, yeast that's is something I test for everybody. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Well, let's come back and talk more about some of these things after the break. But for now, you are listening to the Dr. Doug Thompson radio show. We're talking about oral health and disease prevention. If you have a question, you can reach the doctor directly by calling 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Don't miss this opportunity to talk to the doctor directly. You are listening to the Dr. Thompson Radio Show on 760 WJR. Welcome back to our final segment of this special live edition of the Dr. Thompson Radio Show. I'm your host, Siobhan Cronin, filling in for Anne-Marie Cronin this afternoon, and we are here talking with Dr. Doug Thompson about his state-of-the-art clinic and his practice of prevention. This is our final segment, so if you have a question for the doctor on the topics we're discussing, please call us at 800-859-0957. Dr. Thompson, thank you for all the information we've covered um, on, throughout this show. It's incredibly interesting and so important for everyone to know of all ages. And um, I know we still had a few different pillars of the, the prevention areas that you're covering in your practice and examinations that you're doing. So maybe you can fill us in on some of the other things that we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah. And Siobhan, I just want to review where we are because we talked about kind of what happens when a patient comes into the practice. And, you know, we're going to do this risk assessment so that we can provide everything you need and nothing you don't. And we're again, we talked we started the program talking about gum disease and cavity assessment. Uh, we talked about the environmental damage assessment, bite disease assessment. That's the other assessment we do. And now there's three left on the table. And one of the one of the very important assessments that we're going to do is going to be a uh, about your sleep health. And we call it sleep health. You could call it airway. You could call it sleep apnea. Obviously, the the most severe disease you could have if you have uh, breathing uh, uh, problems at night would be sleep apnea. So we have uh, we look for anatomical or we look for signs on your face like a tongue tie or a narrow palate or crowded teeth or um, many different types of uh, or you can't breathe through your nose. Uh, we look for many different types of clinical signs that there could be an airway issue. And then we have a series of more detailed questionnaires that we would ask you uh, to help determine your risk. And then ultimately, you could have a home sleep study that would be something as simple like a wristwatch that you would wear at home in bed in the comfort of your own home, uh, very inexpensive, uh, typically under $300. And you could wear this for one night uh, or for a couple nights if you needed to. And we could have it uh, evaluated by a sleep physician. We can evaluate it ourselves, but it could be very telling. And if you have an airway issue or if you have anybody who's making sleeping sounds at night, snoring is the first sign of a problem. Uh, you know, we could dedicate shows to this whole area. But, the, uh, but it's very, very important to make an assessment when you come in because if you're having sleeping problems, it can affect many different other areas of the teeth. And we already talked about environmental damage. It can come from acid. We talked about a lot of things. So 
Um, before I go on, uh, Siobhan, to another to the other areas, does that make sense about sleep about sleep medicine or sleep uh, assessment? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Well, I think there's you know a lot of people don't know the extent to which sleep issues are contributing to your oral health, which then contributes to other major diseases. And I think it's also important, like you said, to highlight that the tests are not that you know it's not like you have to sleep overnight in a facility anymore. You can take this home. You can do it in the comfort of your home. It's not that expensive. It's going to be very telling for some of the things that we're really worried about. So I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think it's it's good that we're informing people of what's out there, you know, and that it's important to assess that as soon as you can. Yeah, because poor sleep can really affect your cardiovascular health. It can really affect your brain health, can affect attention issues. So if you have children that are struggling from ADD, ADHD, if you have kids that are making sleeping sounds, it's going to be really, really important to get them evaluated. And then if there's a problem, then we get them to somebody who can help them with appropriate growth guidance and, uh, and you know, many different areas of work. So sleep yes. is important. Now, there's two other uh, big areas where we like to make an assessment. Is one is we like to assess for any kind of oral cancer. Uh, what we've tried to do in our practice is we've tried to identify any of these early um, maybe hints that something might be wrong. And we, again, assess the patient for their risk. And, you know, alcohol, tobacco, and uh, multiple sexual partners uh, for HPV, um, these are the typical things today that we put us at a little bit more risk. So um, more than moderate alcohol use, uh, smoking of any kind, and even now vaping and uh, some of the cannabis use we have to be careful with. We're starting to learn more and more about uh, what that does to our body over a long term. So we, uh, sure. we like to make an assessment, and sometimes we will use even some uh, specialty lights that allow us to look at the skin at a much deeper level than just what we can see with our naked eye. So we have this assessment system in the practice. We don't charge for that. And uh, we like to make sure that the patient doesn't have anything that's obvious to us that could cause either pain, disfigurement, or ultimately loss of life. That's the yeah, key. Yeah, well, this is this so. is really important, um, you know, because a lot of oral cancers, like many other cancers, you're not finding them until later, is the, the type of testing that you're doing where we're kind of catching it at a sooner stage or seeing the precursors to it in a lot of ways. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. And especially men in their the fifth and sixth decade of their life, it's going to be really important to teach men in uh, that, uh, that particular uh, area of their life to do their own neck exams. Um, now, I know we're not on video, but right now I have my hands up on my neck and rubbing both sides of my throat. And if you feel, if you're a man uh, 45 to 65 and you have an abnormal lump or bump in your throat, you really want to get that looked at early. If you have any, any, any chronic ear pain, any problems swallowing, you want to go and have that evaluated because that could be um, what that could be the outcome of long-term HPV exposure, and many of those patients go on and have very significant disfiguring neck dissections, and they try to get rid of the cancer, and it's very painful and very debilitating. So oral cancer is going to be really important, and we can dedicate some, some additional time uh, on another show to talk more about oral cancer, but any, yeah, abnormal, any abnormal lumps or bumps, just like women are taught to do self-breast exams, uh, I want men to do neck exams, same kind of thing. And then more, you know, how much alcohol do you drink? I mean, this is the other thing that we want to try to moderate. Um, we're tr more than two alcohol drinks a day are going to put us at a little bit risk, and then smoking, and then using cannabis. So these are areas that we want to uh, talk about as well. As we start to close out the whole 
program, one of the last areas that we would access, we would uh, assess. But one of the areas many, many people are interested in, sometimes it's why they come in, but it's appearance. It's, I want my teeth to look whiter. I want my teeth to look longer. I want my teeth to look brighter. And appearance is very, very important because I want people to be happy with the smile they have. But not only is it important for me to make sure they're happy with the smile they have, they have to have great vitality and longevity of life so they can keep smiling and they can be happy. Uh, so this is the idea. We have many people who are self-conscious about their smile. So I would ask them, if there's one thing you could change about your smile, what would it be? And they would say, I want my teeth to be whiter, or I want my teeth to be brighter, or I want to have the smile I used to have. Why don't they have that smile anymore? Because their teeth shifted, or maybe their teeth worn down because of bite disease, or their teeth worn down because of some environmental issues like acid reflux. So we want to figure out if we could help them with that. And what I want to spend just a couple minutes talking about is the psychosocial impact, the psychosocial impact on children, young children and adolescent children and people that are in uh, high school and middle school that have um, that aren't comfortable with the way they look. That's a really big problem, Siobhan, because it can create a lot of socialization issues. Uh, sure. peer, the peers can be brutal. So it's something that we want to make sure we spend in, a little bit of time looking at and that we're very compassionate about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and on top of that, you know, a lot of people will, you know, go somewhere to get the cosmetic issues fixed, but are not getting a full assessment of any underlying disease. And as you said, some of these issues could have been a function of, you know, some environmental issues or other things that you screen for. So everyone's really, whether they're coming in for appearance issues or something else, they're getting really a full spectrum evaluation and, and covering the root cause of the disease, you know, that's causing the issues they're experiencing. So that's what's very important about what you're doing. That's the idea. And many people learn amazing things about their health and their teeth when they come and see us. Yeah, amazing. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, and that wraps it up for the Dr. Thompson Radio Show on 760 WJR, sponsored by Integrative Oral Medicine. I'm your host, Siobhan Cronin, filling in today for Anne-Marie Cronin. And again, I want to thank Dr. Thompson for talking to us this afternoon about taking charge of our health, being proactive, and avoiding the devastating results of undiagnosed oral pathogens. To learn more about Dr. Thompson's practice, you can reach him directly at 248-642-1000. Again, that's 248-642-1000. Or by visiting, by visiting him on the web at ioralmed.com. Again, that's ioralmed.com. We hope you enjoyed this special show and that you have become more informed about oral health and its impact on the major diseases of our time. Thank you for listening. Please be well.